Welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot. Uh, your hosts today are Bill, as always, and myself, Kyle. Um, we have a lot to talk about. We unfortunately, uh, it's been over a week since we've been able to do one of these, so it's amazing how fast things pile up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Before I don't know started, if I could say unfortunate oh, for me. Like, well, no, I obviously wanted to do some, but had a good time. Had and a good we'll time. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, before we get too far into this, I just want to take a moment. By now, I'm sure anyone that follows football in any capacity probably has heard about Dwayne Haskins and that horrible situation. Um, mostly just want to, you know, throw condolences out. Obviously, it's 24-year-old kids, way too young. Um, it's just a horrible situation. Uh, down there training with his teammates down in Florida and, you know, to get, I mean, literally hit by a dump truck. It just, it's horrible. Um, awesome, awesome kid, man. I was looking forward to obviously continuing to watch his career, but this, this extends way past football. Um, you know, he has a wife at home, just horrible situation. So condolences to the family, friends, teammates, whole nine yards, just a horrible situation. For sure. And the thing that kind of, upsets me is how people struggle to separate football from from you know people's lives and i mean you had one of the most well-known reporters in adam schefter and he put out a tweet basically saying i don't even he i he deleted the tweet by the time i heard about it but basically he described him as uh quarterback for washington and and pittsburgh that struggled to ever like get his footing i think or something like that. yeah we talked about his struggles and it's like yeah so essentially hey. just shit on yeah. the football player rather than saying what a horrible loss or whatever for yeah. for a young human being i mean not 24 is way too young to to lose your life and obviously you yeah. to to boil his life down to what he did on a football field is not not ideal so I wish we did a better job of that. I know as fans, sometimes we get kind of caught up in what they, they do on the football field and, and that's, you know, their whole life according to us, but just remember at some point it's also their life and, and they have, like you said, a, a wife at home that has to go on without him. So terrible loss, horrible tragedy. I didn't read all the details just because it sickened me just even seeing the headline, but yeah, with that uh, being said, Terrible. I but mean, while we're talking about off the field, um, and that's where the real player exists, this is a nice segue to, you know, one of my favorites, Cam Newton. He strikes yeah. again. Um, so I guess a quick rundown. Basically, Cam Newton was on a podcast. It may have even been his podcast. I'm not 100% sure. Um, basically, stay, talking about the modern day women basically and his issue was that he wants a woman that'll learn how to cook uh know when to shut up and basically let the man lead and uh i mean obviously anybody who knows me these comments i mean they make my skin crawl but yeah i already hate the man let's i mean i've never made that yeah i uh, I saw, so I saw the clip and 
I also saw in the comments basically people dismissing it, saying he also if you if you listen to the whole podcast, he also said like stuff about men and how they need to act right or whatever. I don't know what what was said. I only saw the women part, and it was absolutely disgusting. Uh, no way to defend that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> tough. Like I said, I, I've always liked Cam, but I don't know where he was going with that. And like I said, you, you can't defend that. So I hope, I hope what he said later on in the podcast came around and, and wrapped it all into one. Yeah, and I made mean, it I've seen all that too. I don't yeah, know what it, what else comments said. on the other side, but I just uh, no place for it, man. Get your shit together. Yeah, well, he's in good company because there's a few people we're going to talk about tonight that are. Uh, not what I would consider model citizens. So, um, man, what do you what do you make of this Dan Snyder stuff? I mean, if this saga continues, um, yeah, I haven't seen any new news since the basically, you know, the, the two books and and not providing the money from the revenue sharing essentially. So that's the latest I've seen on it, uh, and I think we kind of talked about it already. It, it's sad, but I think this is what's going to be that what forces him out as an owner is basically taking money out of other owners pockets because well, and from what I understand, I real recently is the reason I even put it on here. Um, from what I understand, they did actually make a ruling um, in only in regards to the, um, you know, basically stealing money from other, other teams and all that. And it, they're basically moving forward with that. It was more of a, not if it's a matter of when and how much so it'll be very interesting to see how that progresses but for them to come out and flat out say that yes you know this is what we think's been going on um they're definitely gonna build a case against them and move forward with it which i'm happy about because i mean he's a scumbag obviously but um man i don't know this could be pretty big you can see a lot of money getting thrown out i wish uh, there was a way that they could make it so he can only sell it for what he bought it for plus you know inflation so that That's way so he he essentially gets his so money back money. and then the rest of the money goes to the other 31 teams split evenly since he was obviously screwing the rest of the teams out of money that that might be a, a decent solution amazing obviously they can't do that because he he bought it and he owns the rights to it or whatever but Hopefully, at least has to pay back whatever he stole from the other teams, and and then the rest of the billionaires will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love that idea honestly because it's the one thing that'll make this situation obviously sit wrong. Still, is okay. Yeah, it came to light something was done, but if he cashes out and is just set for life, well, he's already set for life. But yeah, touché, like touché, like we've talked about, come out on top. It's like, come on. Yeah, even though he's going to be forced to sell the team and he won't have that annual revenue, he's going to be sitting on two plus billion when he bought the team for, I think, 800 million is what we talked about last time. So he's going to be doing just fine. And, you know, if you if you if you make them sell it for what they bought it for, plus inflation, then they're breaking even. And that would be a complete slap on the wrist because he's not getting any additional money and he loses that revenue stream. So that would be fantastic but i like i said i don't think that would ever be a possibility i think he would be able to to win that case in 
in the court of law that he has the rights to sell yeah. it for whatever the market value is. But um, moving on from that. Now we can actually talk about real on. football stuff. Yeah. So uh, a move that my team made was we actually extended Derek Carr. Um, on paper, it's a three-year, $121.5 million extension added to the, the year he currently has on the books. Uh, I believe there's only about 62 million guaranteed of that 121 million. And it added a couple million on to this year's total. So when you average that out, I think it's 35.3 million per year, something like that with the, the additional year that's already on the books for, for this season. That puts him about, I think it's seventh above Kirk Cousins and I think that's about the right spot. And honestly, this was a very team-friendly deal. Um, they essentially have an out after next year where they could cut him and only end up paying him $6.5 million in dead cap money. The rest is not guaranteed. So uh, basically, they have two years where they, they can prove it with Devontae Adams if if they do well and you know let's say they win a super bowl they can obviously redo this contract again or give him more guaranteed money what whatever they would do there's essentially a, a three-year window that they've mapped out with the contracts they've done where it, it's super bowl or bust essentially and i don't want to put that pressure on them but that's that's what they're doing right now i mean it's is, the next logical step for you guys um yeah you're already competing in your division so i mean top of the AFC's next. I mean, on, yep. honestly, that's, that's where you need to end up. So I yeah, love so it. That, though. I love yeah, it. No, I, like I said, last year I was ready to move on from Derek Carr. And, and that was mostly because it seems like we've gotten the best out of him, but at the same time, I, I acknowledge he's a good quarterback and, you know, you don't move on from him unless you have a, a another plan and someone to move on to. So, <laughs> When you add his best friend, Devontae Adams, you get all those weapons around him. Now it's time to to prove what he can do. And if he can't, then, I mean, you know what you have in him. You could probably trade him and move on if you want or obviously cut him with, with minimal loss there. So um, excited to see what him and, and Devontae can do. I think Waller will probably be gone after this season. So I think they'll they'll see what he can do. I think Renfro will get an extension, and then I think they'll probably extend um, Foster Moreau at tight end as well. So should be a very entertaining season. I can't wait to see what they do, especially on the defensive side of the football with, with Patrick Graham as their defensive coordinator. And obviously the, the draft is still upcoming, so they're, they're going to add a couple pieces in the draft as well. Granted, they only have five picks, but... Five picks should should net at least two or three starters. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's one of the moves, and I mean we'll we'll dive into a few of these other ones too. But uh, this is one of the better better moves I've seen a team make, um, especially in a league right now where all these contracts are getting just out of control. Uh, this was good for the player, good for the team, um, and I really just like Derek Carr, honestly. Uh, here in his interview afterwards, he's the kind of guy you want behind center. He just kept saying, I told my, told my agent, I only want to be a Raider. And his agent was like, well, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And he said, I only want to be a Raider. 
Yep. Make it reasonable, but make it happen. And that's, that's who you want. I mean, that's, I mean, those are the quarterbacks that allow a franchise to grow and build around them is when they are not trying to gobble up every ounce of money. So well done. Well done Raiders. Yeah, no. And he, he got market rate. I mean, his, like you said, I think it averages out to 35.3 average annual value. That's about where he should be. If you, if you look at the current quarterback contracts, that puts him right where he should be in that sweet spot. But it also gives the team flexibility to, to add Devontae Adams and to extend Hunter Renfro. So exactly. yeah. And hip, hearing him say that basically he said, I want to be a Raider or I want to go golf. So <laughs> that's what he said. I, I forgot about the yeah. golf comment. Yeah. So we'll it. see if he's, if he's golfing in a couple of years, that's not a good thing for the Raiders, no. but Hopefully if, no golf in the foreseeable future. If he's extended for a couple more years and we win a Super Bowl, that's that's obviously the the dream scenario there. So, what do you think about the uh, Packers adding Sammy Watkins? I mean, I think it's a good pickup. It's 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 not a Devonte Adams replacement, but no. Sammy had some good seasons. Obviously, he came out of the gate pretty hot um, when he first hit the NFL, and then he's kind of turned into a journeyman, but. Um, I mean, if he's your second, third guy, I think he has the potential to, you know, make an impact on the games. And at this point, I think the pack will probably go heavy wide receiver in the draft. Um, I'm sure they'll have more in there, but, you know, I think he can at least make a make an impact. Maybe not what he used to be, but um, he also didn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. So we'll see, right. see what happens there. I think he'll definitely, I mean, he's betting on himself. He essentially signed a 350000 guaranteed contract. I think it can be worth up to 1.8. It's a one-year deal. So that's obviously very team-friendly in terms of what they're probably going to get out of him. If he can stay healthy, he's still an impact player. It's just been if he's been able to stay healthy, and he hasn't been the last couple of years. So if they can get you know, 10, 15 games out of him and he he's an impact player. That's well worth that contract they gave him. Plus right now, who else do they have on that, on that football field for Rogers to throw to? You got to think about that. So, yeah. Okay. I agree. Uh, Sammy Watkins was a good one. And then Stefan Gilmore to the Colts. um, It's a good time. It kind of surprised me, but as soon as it happened, um, I think it's good for both of them. I think he, Stephon Gilmore was another one that like he was literally the brightest defensive star star in the league for a season. Um, kind of came back to earth a little bit, but I think a fresh start like this with the Colts um, and an already strong defense, um, I think he might be poised to really have another breakout year. I mean, yeah. he's obviously good. He's, he's, he's on the top end of the hat or top half of the league, but um I think he may return to his, um, you know, top form with the Colts. So yeah. And we've we'll talked about where, you know, you add a player of that caliber to a defense that he doesn't need to be the star. Right. It, it gives them the leeway if they're, if they're still working their way back from injury or whatever. He's been injured the last couple of seasons, and that's why he's had that drop-off. Uh, he was traded to the Panthers and, and couldn't really get right while he was on their team either from the Patriots. But he had I think he was defensive player of the year one year with the Patriots. And then he was top five for defensive player of the year voting uh, that second season. So he he's definitely a great cornerback. 
And if he's not having to be, you know, a lockdown cornerback, if they do a lot of that zone in, in Indianapolis, I think it's going to work out well. Uh, Gus Bradley's obviously the defensive coordinator for them. Yeah. And, and he does a lot of that uh, three, what a cover three where they're, they're playing mostly zone. So that's a great system for him to get into. Um, I've also heard, and we'll talk, well, let's just get into it right now. I've, I've heard that Debo Samuels wants, wants out of uh, for the, San Francisco, and he would be a fantastic fit in, in Indianapolis. What do you think about that? Um, first off, because we're going to talk about Debo and we're going to talk about Kyler Murray. Um, this is what I was alluding to a few podcasts ago that it makes me nervous with the way contracts are going to work moving forward because of how different it is from even how it was 10 years ago. There's going to be so much more of this, this social media aspect of washing my account and my cousin posted a picture of me with a New York Jets billboard. And I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a it's a power struggle thing with players now. So with that aside, I don't like this aspect of of the league at all. But um I don't know. Uh, Debo is one of them guys, maybe more so than probably any wide receiver in the league that he could literally go anywhere and uh, just make an impact because of the type of player is the way that they run him, the way that they throw to him. Um, he would do well anywhere, but I do agree with you that somewhere like Indy who, I mean, they could really use an actual number one receiver. Yeah. Um, and I, I know a certain quarterback that would be more than happy to have him there. Um, well, uh, and he reminds know, me a lot of Cordero Patterson, who oh, Matt Ryan time. just played with last year in, in Atlanta. So it would be almost nice, a man. yeah, almost a plug and play. Although a lot of the contention that Debo has is about his usage in the backfield. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is if they end up franchise tagging him they can say, you know, he's kind of a, a running back and, and split that value. So I think that's – I don't know if that's exactly what the Niners were going for when they, they started lining him up in the backfield, but he doesn't like being used in the backfield, obviously, no, because that but he's would give them the, the right to designate him as a running back slash wide receiver and, and lower that cap hit. Uh, they still have the rights to him for two more seasons, so – if they want to, they could really just strong arm him and say, fine, don't show up and, and see what happens. You keep finding him. He, do, he doesn't have the money that a no. Kyler Murray has. Kyler Murray well, got a, a million dollars from the A's just for signing on the paper. And so he had that just to, to bankroll him through the rest of his NFL career if he really wants to. Debo Samuels hasn't had that big payday yet, so – well, and this is this is why it's so crazy to me, man. I mean, it used to be you had to be right, wrong, or indifferent. You used to have to be one of the quote unquote it top players to even have any kind of you know any, any kind of weight to throw around when it came to this kind of stuff. And now you could almost be anyone, and you know, come out. I want to trade, or I'm not happy, and you know. I just, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's one of those things. I always think it ends up hurting people in the end. Like we've talked, we're both very pro player. I want them to end up with the best they can. 
because the teams will do well anyways. But with that being said, it's still always so weird to me that they call them contracts because they shouldn't really. In the real world, you sign a contract and it's binding. Yeah. Um, it's like a guideline <laughs> anymore in the NFL. Um, if you're unhappy, then you complain enough that they get rid of you. Um, I don't know. It's crazy because I was – it sucks for San Francisco um, because, say, they do put it together and Trey Lance or um, – I mean, I'm assuming it'll be Trey Lance. We'll see. Uh, Might you know, be Garoppolo again. Right. Well, and that's why I say that. But say they piece something together and make another playoff run. I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's crazy how easily players can kind of direct this stuff. So I guess we'll see what happens. But he's he's probably going to have a lot of people courting him. But I bet you they're going to want to have him in the run game as well. Yeah, I think they're going to want to use him as that Swiss Army knife. But I think on the other side of that, too, he's only had one good season. So right. for him to basically demand a payday after one good season, a lot of the teams before they're going to want to extend him, they're going to want to see one more season that, that this can be sustained. It's not just a flash in the pan. So even if he gets traded to another team, maybe they'll give him a slight bump. In Maybe they'll give him like a, a – signing bonus or something uh you know move up some of the guaranteed money from from later years in the contract or something like that but i don't think any team's going to sign him to a long-term deal after well, one good season this is this is kind of i can't i like i'm beating a dead horse with this i absolutely hate the precedence that all this is setting um because you're right he's not going to get Devonte adams money and rightfully so no um although Devonte adams money is Kind well, of monopoly money towards the end of that deal, but that's true. That's true. But I mean, as far as you know, he's not getting Christian Kirk I, money. There we go. <laughs> Don't get me started. But um, how pathetic is that? It's so he he's the one that started this whole thing. Like, if Christian Kirk doesn't sign that contract, I don't know if the Raiders have Devontae Adams right now. I don't think so, and I don't think uh, I don't think the rest of these wide receivers that are way better than Christian Kirk are going. Well, what about me? I, I, I can do what he does. And that's I want I mean, $22 million a year. This has trickled down so far that, and you're right, Debo Samuels is talented, but you're you're very right. He's only had really one impressive season. So Christian Kirk, or did you player, say Debo? Debo. Okay. I was going to say Christian like Kirk that. hasn't had a impressive season. No. no. Not one. <laughs> <laughs> None. But Debo, for someone in that situation to, you know, now make this, it's not a request, it's a demand. Let's... Let's not get it twisted. Whether they honor it or not, obviously the team has the control, but the, the, the term request has always made me laugh, but it basically opens the door for literally any player to just be like, no, I, I want out. I want something else. Well, and that's the funny thing is he claims it's, well, he claimed it was about the compensation and then it turned into that my usage because San Francisco said, okay, let's, let's negotiate. What do you want to do? We'll, we'll extend you right now. And then he said, no, it's not about the money now. So because yep, they tried to extend him multiple yeah. times, I think. I mean, they've said, you know, as soon as he's ready to engage in a contract extension, we'll, we'll talk to him, but he, he hasn't been willing to do so. So it seems like he just wants to go to another situation. And for players like this, I hope they end up with the jets. I hope they end up with Washington. <laughs> 
so they can just suck for the next five years, get their money, and then go away. Because that's what's going to happen if he goes to the Jets. No, no disrespect to Zach Wilson, but they're not there. It's not an insult. They're just not. They're not going to be like the like San Francisco is. They're competitive in their division and the entire NFC. The Jets have to go up against uh, the Patriots, which I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. But they have to go up against the Bills that will absolutely stomp them. And then the Dolphins that are are massively improving. So I feel like the Jets are looking at maybe five losses just in their division. So maybe six. You never know. But it's it's not a good situation to be. And if Debo can make them a little better, I mean – how much improvement is one player going to make when you have to put 11 or 10 others out there on the field at, at the same time? And then you still have the defense that needs to be cleaned up. Robert Sala is a, a great defensive coach, but that defense was not great last year. And no, some of that's from pieces. some of that's from the offense not doing much. So it's tough to blame that entirely on, on Sala and the defense. But if they don't come around, Zach Wilson – there's going to be a lot of weight on that dude's shoulders. So already is, man. He's got a. It's a rough start going to these teams. Um, you know the bottom dwellers, and you are expected to turn it around. And so, Debo, you sign a big contract, you're going to be expected to turn it around, and he's not going to be able to do that by himself. Um, so along the same lines as Debo, um, old Kyle Murray, <laughs> he's back in the headlines again. Um, same story, nothing new. Um, I- Every time I hear his name, all I can think of is Quinn and Williams saying it from that Alabama press conference where he said Calamari. Well, and you always say it, so it's always stuck in my head. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know where this is going to go. He, I think he's ready to I, – I mean, he's obviously ready to hold out. Um, I think he's seen how hot of a start the A's are off to and said, maybe I, maybe I go play some <laughs> baseball. Dude, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the plan. Maybe that was the plan all along. He's waiting for uh, you guys to get rid of the other stars so he could come in and <laughs> he can be the savior one. now. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is more of the same for me with Kyler Murray. Um, I think it's a little bit different because you I can. Mean, as far as Kyler Murray, it's more of the same for him. Well, yes, more of the same for him, but it's a lot different than Debo because very, very you you can practice without your your starting wide receiver. Yes. Can't really practice without your starting quarterback. So I think this is one of those situations that Arizona is probably ready to talk just to, to get this wrapped up and get him into training camp and get him working with the voluntary workouts with the rookies and all that fun stuff. But he is pissed off. I mean, he put his Instagram photos back, I believe. So I don't know if that indicates some contract extension, yeah, uh, momentum know. or anything like that, but I don't think you can go into the season with your your starting quarterback not locked up. No, definitely not. There's uh, been some rumors that maybe a, a team in in uh, what is it, black and gold, might be interested. I what do you think, think about so. that? I, I don't think so. The no. I don't think we'd spend what he wants for one. Well, I guess it wouldn't matter technically at first, but um, I don't know. I just, I just don't think he's a fit. Both mentality, both toughness, both. I just don't. Think I think Tomlin could make him a fit. 
Well, I think Tomlin can deal with anyone. If, if anyone has proven that, it's Mike Tomlin. But <laughs> I don't think he fits fits the, the, the Steelers or that city in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's, it, this has been done with literally every quarterback that could possibly be available this season. So uh, I, think, I think we're happy with where we're at with Trubisky and bringing in a rookie. I think we're more than content there. So I, I hope you guys end up with Desmond game. Ritter so much. Dude, I, I know you're hoping so for much. <laughs> I know you're hoping for Malik and Kenny Pickett, but Desmond Ritter would be no no small prize, I think. I went from I'd be happy with either of those two to I'd be happy with either of those three. So yeah. Um he's come on pretty strong. I think the thing I like about him the most is I think he fits um I think he fits the mindset and our approach maybe more so than the other two do. Um, I don't know. Cause I, Kenny Pickett is a bit of the um, kind of the Alabama factor, as I call it, they get almost everything, their peak out of them in college. Yeah. You know, obviously Kenny's ceiling's not as high as maybe the other two, but I don't know. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> yeah. But Kenny still scares me because of like, the whole glove situation. I don't want to say small hands, although it does concern me a little bit because Whatever, they grew like an eighth of an inch. And like, like I said, weeks. Derek Carr has the second smallest hands, I think in the NFL. And that guy is constantly fumbling the football constantly. <laughs> and yeah, so well, he just got a three year, 120 extension, my dude. Now we just need to get him a hand extension and we'll be fine. Just stretch him out. That's all it is. All right, I'm done crying about these guys. Moral okay. of the story is I just wish sometimes these players would shut up and play out their contract and whatever. Yeah, although, like, specific to the wide receiver and, well, I don't know. I feel like almost any position, the way that the rookie contracts are set up, if you play well, you're clearly being exploited because what? Kyler Murray's play is worth – 35 million a year and he's probably making a third of that maybe in his fourth year first three years were a lot less so i guess for me it, terrible analogy because i'm gonna use an nba player but take like a scotty pippen for example um i mean yes he chose to sign that that contract that he did but he was such an underpaid player to be one of oh, the top sure. players in the league when it's that glaring of a, a slight, then yes, I think something needs addressed. Something's, you know what I mean? The team does then owe you a little bit at that point. Kyler Murray, had he been getting them to NFC championships regularly? Had he, I think it's a whole nother narrative. But what um, were they doing before he got there? Oh, you're right. You're, you're right. I mean, I get that. So it's, that's where, that's where I have a problem with it. Cause like, I don't want to go back to the old system where you have Jamarcus Russell getting $60 million guaranteed and, and playing basically, I think it was 18 games for the Raiders and the Raiders basically being in cap hell for the rest of his contract. Uh, I don't want it to go back to that, but I want there to be some kind of sliding scale where if you get rookie of the year, maybe your your next year you, you get much yeah, higher than you would have. That should be built into every league. Yeah, I agree. Because you don't want, as as an organization, obviously you want cheap labor if you can get it. 
But at the same time, you don't want your players to be getting into this situation where year year two or three, they're already pissed off about their contract and asking for a trade because they're severely underpaid. And at the end of the day, you could rip up that contract if you really wanted to and, and sign them to an extension. But if there's those sliding scales built in, we have the best of both worlds. If yeah. rookies come in and they underperform, they're they're going to only get paid what they can get paid through the rest of their contract. Like if we were paying Clee Farrell what he would have been paid pick number four before yeah. they went to the rookie scale, that would have been a huge cap hit. And he's a backup at this point. Like he might not even make the roster in what's his fifth season. So oh, no, I, just, I agree with you. I mean, we were I guess the problem is, is I feel like rather than us meeting in the middle, we just jump to the other side now. Yep. Um, and I think that's what bothers me because I think situations like Kaler, Kaler, Kyler Murray is what opens the door for the Debo situations because now a player can come in and have one solid season and they're entitled now to top pay in the league. Well, and to be fair, I mean, if you take away Cooper Cup, he's the best receiver in the league for, for last season. For sure. Based on the numbers he put up. I think Devontae had more receiving yards, more touchdowns, but uh, Debo had like 500 yards rushing and a couple touchdowns rushing as well. So if you factor in all the total yards, total touchdowns, I think Debo had more. So it's just tough. And like you said, maybe we take a, a page out of baseball's book and do that like what they're doing with the pre-arbitration right. uh, pool where they can get bonuses based on where they vote or where they come up in MVP voting, where they come up in, in rookie of the year voting and things like that. I think that would be a great solution for the NFL or the NFL PA where we don't have these guys before they even realize their potential and build their, their brand up with your team. They're already asking to get out. So exactly. Like, I think that would be probably a solid move to make. But speaking of the it. draft, <laughs> what, who are a couple guys you have your, your eyes on? Maybe not necessarily for the first round. We know you guys um, might go with quarterback, but maybe second, third round, any any steals you might think of? Um, the, one, the one that I've seen us link to a few times that I actually really like mostly because I got to watch him play a decent amount. Um, but Khalil Shakur, I always say his name wrong, but yep, um, out of Boise State, I really, really like what he brings to the table. Um, he is so crisp running routes. He's not the fastest guy on the field. Um, obviously, a lot of this pick, at it would probably be a second-round pick for us. Um, a lot of this has to do with Juju leaving. He's a little bit smaller, but he's one of those guys that I think if he hit the weight room and you know a pro program, um, put on a little bit of bulk because he's not a burner. He's never going to be the fastest guy. So him adding some bulk um, isn't going to hurt his game. I could see him being a Juju over the middle kind of player because say yeah. what you will about Juju, the man had grit when it came to playing across the middle of the field. Um, you and that's think something he'll go I would love to have back. As early as the second round? I think it's absolutely possible. If Maybe third. You're going to say but, I think he more likely to go Third, the only thing but, I'm worried about with um, the the wide receiver situation is because of how stacked the wide receivers are, that if there's a crazy run on wide receivers, that uh, 
that second round might be a huge run on him. Yeah, um, I could see that. So I don't know. We'll see. You're right. It might be a little bit of a reach, but we don't um, go till the third round. So I haven't been paying too close of attention. Is that your only, your only one you got an eye on, or you have any others? Um, outside of that one, obviously, it's kind of the uh, the cliche lineman picks for us. Um, maybe defensive tackles, but I don't really have anyone specifically in mind. A lot okay. of it'll depend on how that first round and early second round shakes up. Because I mean, I know you I, guys have a glut of linebackers, but I wouldn't mind seeing one Chad Muma on your defense. I would love it, but the thing that's going to probably hold us back from even probably taking a linebacker is obviously the Miles Jack coming in. Um, yep. As much as Devin Bush frustrates me, the one thing on his side is he's coming off of this will be his first fresh year healthy. Last year yeah. was his bounce back after the surgery. And I will totally acknowledge that that can obviously affect your game because he didn't seem right all year long. But I'm also not the huge, I don't like him. I don't like his mentality and his attitude. So. I'm not a big Devin Bush fan, but I think he's that's probably what'll stop us from even looking linebacker until way late, if anything. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to see old Muma end up somewhere I at least don't hate seeing him play. Yeah. <laughs> um but, yeah, I'm a I'm a big he, he's such a cool guy. Uh anyone who hasn't paid any attention to him, he's a type one diabetic. Um, and even already at his level, he's already very involved with programs. Um, with children and other, um, you know, type one sufferers. So he's just a cool guy. He's super positive. I just really like him. I just, I would love to see him go to one of our teams just so that I know that I, you know, I'm following him pretty regularly, but I just want him to go to anywhere with a good situation like Logan Wilson. I mean, somewhere, somewhere he can thrive. You know where he's going to end up? <laughs> where? Denver. Don't say that. God, don't say that. I've heard this. Dude, that's his hometown times. team. He's from Colorado. I know. That's where he's going to end up, and I, then I'm going to have such a hard time rooting for him until he gets traded. Well, if I can root for Logan Wilson over in Cincy, you're going to have to suck it up. Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> definitely be rooting for him, except when – I don't know, man. I'll be rooting for him individually, but I hate I want you Broncos. to get 35 tackles in this game, but lose by 40. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, that's it for me. I guess. Wide receiver, yeah, but... defensive, or offensive lineman. But what do you got? What are you looking at? So I have a few. And like I said, we don't go till the third round. So there's a possibility we trade back in with some picks from next year and, and take someone higher, such as Amuma. Uh, Devin Lloyd's going to be well off the board. I would love to see us add a linebacker. So, so one of the ones that should be maybe around in the third round is Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. They constantly have good linebackers. You know, they, they're constantly a, a great defensive team. You've seen JJ Watt. You've seen a lot of players come from Wisconsin. So is TJ from, did he go to Wisconsin as well? Okay. TJ Watt, he's he's okay. I've heard of him. <laughs> I, I think he's. I've heard he's pretty good. Yeah. So they have the uh, running streak of you know good defensive ends, defensive tackles, linebackers, all that fun stuff. So 
I would like to see Leo Chanel. He may be gone by the time they pick in the third round, especially since they're later third. I think he might even go in the second. Uh, there's a guy you might have heard of before, Kobe Bryant. Yes. Not not the basketball player. Well, but Kobe, yes, I Kobe also Bryant from, joke. <laughs> from Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati has a great group of defensive players coming into this they draft. Have, there's really, a, a safety. Really, really good. Yeah, they've got um, – Sauce Gardner, he's going to go top five probably. But Kobe Bryant is no slouch, and he was on the other side of that defensive defensive backfield. They have a safety that's probably going to be available third, fourth round. That's also a great player. So, did you happen to catch uh, Kobe's interview? On no, I haven't um, seen much about the draft. It was, he was pretty impressive. He's well put together. He's going to be a good kid. Yeah, and then you know, just because we take a Alabama wide receiver all the time. John Mechie, the third, he should be available in that third round. He's he's a fast kid. Um, I, I don't want to make light of why we have a need at wide receiver because obviously the, the situation where, where we had the drunk driver and all that fun stuff killed the young lady and her dog. Uh, but I believe John Mechie could be a great fit with the Raiders where he's one of those fast burners, helps take the defense off over the top. We don't really have that on the roster right now. So if, if we were able to add one of those, that would make our strong offense even more dynamic. And I, I would say almost unstoppable. So those are just a couple of the guys I have my eyes on. Obviously, if Muma slips, don't see that happening. If he yeah. slips to the third round, that would be an absolute steal. Uh, if we trade well, back up into the second or first round, I would love to see Devin Lloyd on the, on the Raiders. Um, I would too. I think he would be such an awesome 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 addition to that defense but but i, I think he'll probably go top 20 i would say if i were to 20, guess top 25 so. for sure it's it's going to be a weird draft man there's the quarterback situation where they're not necessarily as a group at the same level as other draft classes have been the fact that the wide receivers are stacked the way they are the defensive linemen are unreal in this draft um i think it's going to be weird because it depending on how these first 10 picks drop um, it's more so than in years past. I think it's really going to dictate where, where this draft goes and at least the first two rounds. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I really, I love watching the draft. It's almost as much fun for me as, as the season. And I usually kind of have a pulse granted. I'm usually picking back in the day, a certain individual's uh, draft um predictions but um i just i don't really have a feel at all for how it's gonna go like, i have no idea none whatsoever yeah i don't think anyone really does i mean it's gonna be interesting because i've seen plenty of rumors where the the panthers are willing to move back and they they're seen to be the first team that's going to be willing to take a quarterback and, and the rumor basically said they're willing to trade back and still confident that they would get one of Malik Willis or uh, Kenny Pickett, even if they trade back into the late teens. And Which, I'm assuming they have to trade. The Saints, they should probably. Well, and the Saints may be set. I mean, they've got I Jameis. Know. I think he could carry them for the next two to three seasons with, with no real drop-off. I mean, they – they were kind of a mess last year after he went out, but assuming he can stay healthy, he had them in the mix for that division. And you've got to assume Brady will probably go for, for maybe one or two more years. 
but I think he could easily outlast him and and carry the Saints into a, a better record in the next couple of seasons. So um, it, it'll be interesting. Like you said, I I have no pulse on where, who's going where. I think we we know a couple players that are going to go top ten, top five. Um, like I said, top Sauce Gardner. I'd be shocked if he's still on the board at five. He's one of those huge playmakers that that's rare to get at cornerback position. <laughs> You've got the the defensive lineman from uh, Georgia. Georgia. Basically, their whole defensive line will be drafted probably in the first round. So there's a lot of DNs too. A lot of yeah. dressers. It's pretty wild. Yeah, you've got Thibodeau from Oregon. You've got uh, what's Hutchinson from D- Detroit or not Detroit, Michigan. Michigan. Uh, basically the same thing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but probably going to Detroit, maybe Jacksonville. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. And yeah, honestly, it's going to suck watching Vegas host it and my team not have so a pick weird. until the third I round. Know. You should almost get an honorary pick because it just doesn't seem right, but whatever. Yeah. And that's – I still want to see what – everything I'm saying – I think you have to pay for seating in the actual like draft area, but I don't think they're closing off the strip or anything. So you could stand on the other side of the Bellagio where that path is. And I think you could see everything. So I'm still debating, maybe, maybe making a little quick trip down to Vegas. So just we'll get see. Your, just get your room up there in the Bellagio with a, with a high window looking out over. Yeah. So everything I'm reading, it says free entry to draft experience. You just have to register for NFL One Pass online. So I, I really think most of the stuff is open to the public. I must so, have been looking at some kind of a package thing. Yeah, I think you probably were looking at like a hotel and all that fun stuff that's that's huh. built in. V, VIP experience, all that fun stuff. I know they charge for that, but I think if you're just going to watch the draft, it's free to get in. So have to look at it, see. That's coming up next weekend. Yeah, it starts the 28th. First round's on Thursday. Yes, sir. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Like I said, I don't think the Raiders will trade back into the first round, but I wouldn't be surprised if they trade back into the second. So, All right, moving on to Major League Baseball. Yes, sir. You want to start off with your your Pirates and how they're doing? I'll run through pretty quick. Um, the, the big news is Key Brian Hayes finally um, he's officially signed an eight year 70 mil contract. It's the largest in team history, um, which is amazing. He's obviously how much did you say? Uh, eight, eight year for 70 mil. Yes, this our, 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 our history making contract is pennies to some other teams, but that's hey. not the point. This is a huge turnaround for the way that we've done business. Oh, um, for sure. In the recent past. And even at the time of, you know, that signing, we hadn't um, extended Brian Reynolds yet. And that's the extra nugget. He's got a two-year extension for 6.75 mil uh, each of those years, 22 and 23. Um, I think it really does just buy time and prevents arbitration. And then we give him another extension. Yeah. Um, while I'm trying to keep myself from getting excited, <laughs> these are um, uncharacteristic moves, uncharacteristic moves by Bob Nutting. So 
I'm hoping there's more of this, especially, you know, especially going into next season. This year is still really about seeing our seeing our young guys come up and play well, which a lot of them have. Um, Michael Chavez, Diego Castillo, both of them um, have been playing amazing. Uh, Diego really lit it up in spring training, so I expected him to play well. But Chavis is really he's he's fielded well, and um, I mean he started us off with home runs this year with a with a, um, a grand slam. So you know, exciting to watch at the very least, and that's honestly us in a nutshell. We're still just south of 500, um, but we're we've stayed in a lot of games and they've fought very played very very gritty. So um, I'll take it. <laughs> If you it's guys can just beat St. Louis, you have a really good record. Our biggest thing, man, is pitching, um, yep. which is crazy, too, because we got guys like Mitch Keller who, you know, this was supposed to be his breakout year, and he's still struggling a little bit. All of our starters are struggling a little bit, and our bullpen is just lights out right now. It's unreal. Um, uh, like uh, Will Crow, some of the uh, – David Bednar, these guys are all coming in and just throwing strikes and throwing strikes and outs. I mean, that's, it's wonderful, but if we could ever get, if we ever had an ACE to say, just to say that, if we ever had a pitcher that came in and just dominated regularly, I think our record would be flipping very quickly. So I'm hoping at some point between now and obviously next season that pitching is addressed, especially. So that's where we're at. Um, Sorry, go ahead. You had a couple good pitchers last year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to them. They they went they went bye bye. Um, we do have some young guys coming up um, that are exciting pitching wise. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think a couple of them will probably be up with us by the end of the season. Uh, but ultimately, that's where we're at. Is it's still it's still kind of show and tell with the with the farm team. So I don't know. I'm super optimistic and happy with it. We've, we've won a lot of games in some pretty cool fashion, some big games. Um, and we've been relatively close in all of them, except for a handful. So uh, yeah. I'm happy with it. They don't give up. Even when we're down, they still keep fighting. And that's, that's all I can ask for, for a really young team. But mostly I just want to say Bob nutting. I don't know if you have a brain tumor or what, but keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's really encouraging. I mean, buying out those final two years of, of Reynolds uh, arbitration seasons gives you guys a lot less uh, negative feelings going through the arbitration process and hopefully build some momentum into a, a long term extension. Maybe another eight years, another eight year deal, hopefully for a few more million wonderful. for him. <laughs> but uh, speaking of extensions, so. The A's obviously shipped off everyone. I don't know what they're planning to do long term, uh, but I do want to say that they are playing very well. Great, great baseball right now. Uh, a lot of the early returns for the trades that they made have, have paid off pretty well. Um, you, you have Christian Pache, Pache. He is an absolutely electric player. I don't know if you saw the catch he made in, in yesterday's game. I did. Basically, 
went up against the wall, deflected the ball to himself, and then caught it on the way down and gave his nice little flex at, at midfield. I mean, it, he earned it. That was impressive. Yeah. He's, he's like I said, an electric player. Uh, hasn't come around on the on the offensive side of the the baseball just so just yet, but he's making good contact, putting the ball in play. So eventually that'll that'll come around for him as as long as he keeps hitting the ball hard. It's basically just bad luck when you hit the ball hard and and don't get a hit. So um, he's one of those players that I would love to see extended, and and maybe I think by July this season. We should know if Howard Terminal is, is going to be built or if they're moving on to Vegas or, or whatever their other backup plans might be. But the discouraging thing that I've seen, we only had, I think it was 17,000 people at opening day in Oakland on Monday. Obviously, it was against the Orioles that are a terrible team. Um, so it's tough to draw a ton of fans on when, when the opposing team is not great because you don't really have any of the visiting fans coming in to see them. Um, but Tuesday night, they had 3,784 fans, I think, in the stands. And all that's all the, the national media could talk about. And they don't talk about the reasons why there's no, only 3,784. Yeah. Uh, and th- I want to I talk about that because – John Fisher has doubled ticket prices while shipping off all of the franchise type players in Matt Oltz and Matt Chapman. Um, I mean, those are the the cornerstones. So, you know, you obviously traded Chris Bassett. that was top of the rotation. They've been rumored to be in talks with the the White Sox for Frankie Montas, which is currently our best pitcher. Um, so when you're doing all those things, doubling ticket prices, no break on the concession stands, and then you have your your opening weekend on a on school nights every every one of those days, you're going to have some low numbers. And John Fisher has done nothing but ostracize the the Oakland fans. Uh, he's basically threatened at every every corner that he can. I'll move. I'll just move the team. You guys don't want to. You don't want to pay my prices. You don't want to show up to games. Then I'll just move. And that's that's what he's doing. And I don't know if he's necessarily trying to show that Oakland doesn't support their team. I think more what he's trying to show is that the Coliseum site is not viable because he is dumping millions of dollars per month just in legal uh, legal fees to, to get this power terminal stadium built. Uh, he's making multiple offers on land out in Vegas as as backup plans. But I don't think those are real offers. I really think he wants to stay in Oakland because he sees all of these communities that have multi-million dollar average home prices in Oakland, in that Alameda County and surrounding areas. This is not a small market. So I think he wants to stay in Oakland, but he also is not doing much to endear himself to the fans. So it, it's kind of a, a two two-edged sword there you know you, yeah. you you're doing things to to take away from the product on the field raising prices and then expecting people to just show up and, and support your team so it's a tough situation for the players because obviously they only have four thousand people out there supporting them and some of those might even be visiting team fans but probably i don't know but 
in, in terms of the on-field product, the A's are absolutely stunning this year. I mean, yeah, they're overperforming. Um, like you've talked about with, with your Pirates, they go out there and they they fight. I mean, they've played some really tough teams in Toronto. They took three of four from the Rays. Uh, obviously, the <sighs> the Orioles are not a great team, um, but. Every team they've played so far, they've played very well. They've been competitive in every game. There's been no blowouts. They have the highest. Guys. Yeah, I mean, they have the highest dif- uh, run differential in the American League right now. They have the second, third best record, something like that, in the in the American League. So, I mean, just everyone had written them off before the season even started. And some of the guys that they picked up off waivers, Sheldon Noisy, he is killing the ball right now. Uh, you have uh, Seth Smith, or not Seth Smith. Seth Brown. Yeah, Seth Brown is absolutely tearing the, ball, the cover off the ball he's when he comes up. Day. Yeah, I mean, he's got, I think, 12 r- runs batted in, which is second in the in the AL. Uh, Tony Kemp's playing really well. Sean Murphy's playing really well. Pache, like I said, great defensively. He's doing okay on offense. So um, it's it's just honestly been an exciting team to watch which i didn't think it was going to be and i know with, i'm happy for you <laughs> with some of the guys that are on the covid list right now like we had nick allen get called up yesterday and he played in his first uh major league baseball game uh we had zach Logue. he came up and, and got his first win he got sent back down today to triple a but he he looked very good in his first appearance uh, we had Jackson get his first save last night. They lost today, um, one to nothing. Which obviously the bats cooled off a little bit, but the the uh, bullpen has been surprisingly great for all the guys they lost from the bullpen last year. And as bad as the bullpen was last year, all these young guys are coming in hungry. And I think they only have allowed one earned run since the first series of the season. So. Uh, Dalton Jeffries and, and Paul Blackburn have been off to great starts. They've looked like Major League Baseball ready starters. Uh, Aller, not so much. He's he's had a rough start. I think he's had two, and I want to say his ERA is almost up in the 20s. So not, not great, but he's making some progress. I think he only gave up three runs, only two earned in his last start. So a lot of good things to see there. Um, anything else you had with MLB before we uh, move on? Yeah, that was one thing I was checking on um, earlier. I was watching the Detroit game, and he was um, three away at the time, but it looks like he got two hits. But um, Miguel got – he's only one away now from 3,000, um, Cabrera. So that's pretty exciting. I read a stat that – if he went O for his next 300 and something at bats, he would still have a 300 batting average wow. for his career, which is pure that's insanity. That's great. He's one of the he's a good player, man. Good he's one player, of the best hitters person. I've ever seen. Um, I think Tony Gwynn's probably the best I've ever seen, but Miguel Cabrera, total package with with the power that he brought and then the the eye that he has and and just a pure hitter. He's absolutely unstoppable. So I was hoping he'd get it tonight. Have a can't have wait a until he does. That'll be something to celebrate. Obviously, he's on the the back end of his career, but he's still an exciting player to watch, and he's one of the absolute best characters in baseball. Oh yeah, 
he's always messing with people. So love seeing, love seeing that. But that's all I got though. I just, I had to double check where he ended up. We'll go real quick, just through the NBA. Uh, John and I will talk more about the Warriors specifically on Sunday, but they have a 2-0 lead over the, over Denver. And quite honestly, Denver hasn't even really been competitive in that series. The new lineup that the the Warriors have been putting in is absolutely unstoppable, and I hope it continues through the entire playoffs. Uh, the only other notes I really had about the, the NBA is the Celtics and Brooklyn game. That was a, a complete stunner. It looked like Brooklyn was going to win that game the entire time, and then at the very last second, the Celtics had, the, had a quick layup that won that game. Um, Devin Booker hurt his hamstring in the Phoenix and Pelican series. Um, haven't heard severity yet, but I think he's could possibly miss the next two games at, at the minimum. So that could hurt Phoenix. They lost to the Pelicans in that game too. Uh, Dallas and Utah are, are split at one and one Memphis and Minnesota are split at one and one Memphis absolutely destroyed the Grizzlies in that first game. And then, the Grizzlies came back and, and returned the favor in game two. Yeah, Minnesota uh, was pretty fun that first game. Oh, uh, for sure. I don't know. It's fun watching a young team that's not supposed to do any good, even and if it's in a short window. But Honestly, like both of those teams, I think if we get either of those teams, well, obviously we're going to get one of them, but yeah, either of those teams I think match tough. up well against the Warriors. So I think that's going to be a really good series. And I would like – whoever comes out against out of those two teams, whoever comes out of the rest of the, the Western conference, even if it's the Suns, I mean, I don't know how long Booker's going to be out, but they're going to need him going into the in, deep yeah. into the playoffs. So, and then in terms of the East conference, we already talked about the Celtics. They actually won another one. So they got a two Oh lead. Uh, Milwaukee, I think is playing the bulls right now, but they currently lead one, one game to none. Uh, Philadelphia actually just pulled off and beat hit a three with 0.8 seconds left to give them a 3-0 lead in that series. So it looks like Philadelphia is going to advance. Uh, and then Miami leads Atlanta two games to nothing. That's looking like it might be a, a pretty lopsided series yeah. there. Hopefully Trey can pull off some, some magic, but to at least make it a series, but looks like the heat are probably going to advance in that one. So. With that being said, like I, like I said, John and I will break down the NBA a little bit more on Sunday when we get back together. Uh, I did want to just mention I went on a little trip. <laughs> my, my wife and I celebrated her birthday and our 10th anniversary by going to Nashville, and it was a phenomenal trip. We didn't do too much off of the main drag there, which is Broadway Street. Uh, we did Country Music Hall of Fame, Johnny Cash Museum, and we went to a Predators game. <laughs> woo woo! We weren't super sold on going to hockey because I've never been, and my wife is not huge into sports. But the stadium was literally right across the street from where we were eating, and I saw it, and I was like, "I wonder if they have a game tonight." Check, they did. <laughs> Got tickets, and I wish I could say it was more fun. Like it was fun, but the Predators got absolutely destroyed. They lost four to nothing. They actually scored one goal, but it got called back on an offsides in a review. And I still don't understand how they were offsides. If the puck was like in front of the goalie, 
and they slapped it in, but I don't know. I don't it's know. It's because as they advanced into the zone, they were offsides. Okay. Didn't catch yeah. it until later. I mean, they don't explain that when you're just sitting in the arena. They just announced the ruling. But anyway, they, they <laughs> called off that, and then it was just downhill from there. And the Predators were like 43. I think they had identical records. I think they were like 43 and 20-something, oh, both yeah. teams. But the Oilers, man, they looked like a polished team, and the Predators couldn't even complete passes to each other. The shots they were getting off, Kevin Smith is 40 years old. I don't know if that's normal for goalies, but, no. man, he could not be – he could not – they couldn't sneak a goal past him. Like, anything they got up was just getting blocked. He would catch it, snag it right out of the air. It was, it was embarrassing. This like all the a... Predators fans were just getting smashed, and every time <laughs> they could, they would just yell at the other team. Yeah. I did boo Evander Kane oh. because can't stand him. My guy. So, yeah. <laughs> um, he got absolutely smashed in the third period, and I was just like, okay, I'm happy now. I we're good. It. I love it. Yeah, that's one of those things. That's why I love hockey so much is you can have two teams that are neck and neck, very competitive, and – Tonight wasn't their night. I mean, it's a brutal season for 82 games. Um, I mean, an, an example with the Oilers is, so they have an amazing offense with Dreisaitl and um, McDavid. Uh, probably one of the best young duos in the league. Yeah, um, they were pretty good. But they're also so one-dimensional. So, like, they may go to the playoffs and go out in the first round because of how one-dimensional they are. It's just very crazy because Nashville's a very gritty team. They, they play teams really well. Um, they are a little more physical than some. It's just I love, I love hockey more so than even other sports that literally anybody can win on any night. Um, it is very, very difficult to get that little tiny puck in that net. So Yeah. I'm glad well, you it wasn't, glad it, was. for, it wasn't for McDavid. I can't remember who had the hat trick. I think it was Dreisaitl. Yeah, he's but had a it was like here. it was like every time they scored a goal, it one of those two touched it or or both touched yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> and, I'm sure because I had the I had the rosters for each team that I grabbed on my way in, and I was looking for their numbers because you told me the names, and I was like, "Yep, that was him." Okay. They're, they're pretty good. But anyway, we'll it. move I on. It. I mean, if if anyone has any questions about Nashville, I could give you some some decent suggestions on, on what actually, to do and where to go. I'm actually going to pick your brain because my wife is the biggest Johnny Cash fan ever, and we want to go. Oh, to man, that was that, a so. really cool museum. Uh, little known fact, he was a terrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah, musician, well, terrible actor. But – no, I we didn't get too much off the the main drag there because like we flew there, just took public transportation to get from the airport to uh, to our hotel. Our hotel was right off Broadway, so most of our time was spent right there. Uh, we spent a lot of time at the Assembly Food Hall, and then Hattie B's was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Rippy's was good. Uh, we went to the Margaritaville. Um, they do a with the highway on Sirius XM, we went and did that. So that was fun. That's awesome. Uh, just a lot of, a lot of things that obviously we, we wouldn't normally do without the kids. So 
the grandparents got to stay home and, and take care of the kids. My parents took care of them for two and a half days, and then her parents took care of them for two and a half days. So they, oh, they split yeah. duties, <laughs> well and they played. both they both went home and said, I don't know how, how young people do this. <laughs> so, uh, I love it. Yeah, the grandparents well, got to spend trip, some great yeah. time with the boys, yeah. but... Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you more on fair if you if you have any questions. We went to the Parthenon. We went to I mean we did pretty much all the, the touristy stuff and then a little more. So it was great trip. But so I guess I could just say that was my best of the week is the trip. Uh just had a great time. And then my worst of the week was was looking at the bank account afterwards and then <laughs> coming back to reality and realizing we have all that laundry to catch up on and, and getting things in order. The boys are back are starting soccer this week. So we've had practice every day. We got games starting. So it's just been, it's been busy, but obviously nothing too bad there. <laughs> I like it. Um, my best of the week, something I'm very, very excited about, but uh, my beautiful wife, Carleen and I are, um, expecting our first kid, which is absolutely amazing. We found out it's a baby boy a couple weeks ago, and uh, we actually finally settled on a name as well. Um, he will be Jack Warren Gilmore, which there's some, they're all rooted in both sides of our family, the names. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, just couldn't be happier. So best of the week goes to my wife for sure. Um, worst of the week, I don't know. I wanted to put Cam Newton, but I feel like I've beat him enough. Um, honestly, I think my worst of the week is just, I still have a bad taste in my mouth about the way contracts and stuff are, how the off season works nowadays. I hope it settles down one day. Uh, it makes for good drama, makes for, you know, lots of things to talk about, but I just, I don't know. <laughs> That's not the worst of the week I thought you would say. So, Oh, what did you think I was going with? Thought you were going to go with your your bum shoulder. Ah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm getting old. I'll be, um, I'll be in that same situation come uh, late summer. So It's depressing. I'm sure at some point you will see me on this podcast looking a little in a weird. Sling. In a sling. Yeah. But whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, that could be my secondary worst of the week. Don't get old, folks. Um, yes. No, that's that's all I got. I think. Okay. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We we need some more comments. So next time we do one of these live events, we want you guys to tune in. We want you to to put any questions, comments, feedback you have in in the chat box there on this Facebook live event. There should be a, a spot for you guys to add any comments, and then obviously, as we continue to grow this, we we'd love for you guys to to share any of that stuff, like comment on the, the YouTube channel. We have this stuff everywhere. So just, just get those in and we would appreciate it. We love the, the engagement. So as always, we thank you for tuning in and Kyle, we will talk to you soon. Always a pleasure. I don't even care if you hop on and tell us how terrible we look. Look. Yeah, that's comments. fine. I mean, I don't know how you could say this looks terrible, but I mean, that's a good looking shirt. <laughs> that is a good looking shirt. And it's also true. Yeah, undoubtedly. Best so. logo in college sports. So can't can't debate that. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon.